From vaccines and what you can do after you get a first dose to having a cocktail in a public park. So much to talk about with my next guest, Dr. Suman Chakrapati, who is an infectious disease specialist and beginning to be kind of my personal doctor, one of my personal doctors. So, doctor, welcome to the program. Great to talk to you again. Thanks for having me. Let's begin uh, with what you can do when you get a vaccine. We spoke yesterday. Uh, Dr. Suman was actually on Global News with us, and I spoke to you yesterday, and we had a segment that ran on the news. And I actually, if, if, if you were watching the news last night, you might have noticed that I vanished from the newscast shortly after 6 o'clock because I actually left the studio and went and got a vaccine, doctor. I got a vaccine. Oh. That's such good news. And it, it, whenever I hear that coming from people in the public and in the community, it, it warms my heart. So I got an AstraZeneca shot. I feel, you know, I feel good. I was prepared to feel all kind of weird today. I don't, I don't feel that. I feel you know, kind of achy, but okay. Uh, can we talk a little bit about what I can and cannot do in the next, you know, let's say next 10 days? I, obviously, I know the efficacy doesn't start for a while. But after that, what can I do? Yeah, this is a great question. And I'll tell you one thing that at least in Canada right now, we don't have good guidance on that yet. And I'm, I'm trying to really get the message out that we need to be starting to talk about this. Um, uh, you're exactly right. You know, until about two weeks, uh, that, that's the point when you start to de- develop a good amount of immunity. It's probably happening right now, but that's when you start to get protection. And after one month, four weeks afterwards, you're pretty well protected against um, uh, death and especially hospitalization. But again, I think that we also have to remember this in context with what's going on in the community. I think that we still don't want to be, you know, having big um, indoor gatherings. We still don't want to be having massive outdoor sports events. But I think what you can, you can breathe a bit easier knowing that if you are exposed, you're uh, pretty well protected. And we still want to be going by the public health, local public health rules. And in Toronto for right now, you still want to be doing all the, you know, indoor masking, physical distancing, et cetera, et cetera. That might change in the coming weeks once we get some more of a framework of our exit strategy. Uh, you, you were talking on Twitter today. I, I, I read a really interesting thread of yours where you, you were saying that, you know, we're, we're not really seeing the people who have had a shot, uh, one dose, and are still getting COVID. Those, those numbers aren't really, I mean, they might be showing up in the daily case counts, but they're not showing up elsewhere. It, that's exactly right. And I think that we have seen the occasional person that um, has the, the uh, one dose of the vaccine and admitted Uniformly, I'm seeing that, especially if they're more than two weeks past, they're not as sick as their counterparts who are non-vaccinated. But yeah, that's the other big thing. Let's not talk just about who's in the hospital. Let's talk about who's not in the hospital. And I'll tell you from wave one and wave two, all we saw in the hospital, a lot of what we saw was people from long-term care and also community dwelling, elderly individuals, you know, 70 and older. And we're barely seeing that. Of course, we're seeing some, but the, but the majority we're not seeing because so many of them are protected with a dose of vaccine. And that's really important to know because we don't see that. And that's the, the beauty of public health. When, you know, public health is working, Nothing happens, and that's good in this situation. So, so we do know that people who have had a dose are still getting COVID, which then leads me to my next question, and this is a bit more of a personal one again. My mom and dad uh, have both been vaccinated. They were vaccinated for a while. They recently celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. We couldn't be together because at that point we all hadn't had shots. So now, two weeks from today, can I go and see my mom and dad and give them a hug and say happy anniversary. 
I would say yes. I mean, listen, like we, we also have to kind of uh, balance what's happening right now with um, uh, other things. Like, uh, for example, my, my parents as well. They're, my parents are getting uh, getting on. They're they're um, uh, seventy and eighty years of age, and you know, you you want to be able to maximize your time with them. So, in a situation, if you look at what the CDC guidelines have, is people who are fully vaccinated are very low risk of sp- spreading COVID to each other, and or of getting really sick. And you know, hanging out with somebody um, who has partial vaccination is also relatively low risk as well. Uh, that said, you know, to maximize your safety, you can do things like have things outdoors, you know, continue to have your distance, wear a mask uh, uh, if you're going to have some close contact. But I think overall the risk is very low, especially with them being fully vaccinated and you having one waiting about two weeks at least. Mm, that, that is fantastic news. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, let's just quickly talk more about vaccines in this news about uh, vaccine hunters being paired up or, 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 or there's a... Um, the relationship now with the Toronto City Council and they're getting information in Toronto to the Vaccine Hunters website. I'm just wondering, what does that say to you about the rollout of the vaccine program in the province of Ontario that we have these volunteer vaccine hunters now leading the way? There, there's there's no doubt that uh, you know there have been uh, bumps along the way and you know one of the things with the computer systems uh, the booking systems have sometimes been a provincial one or a local one so it has been confusing to me as well but I'll say one thing is that at least if you look at the silver lining here that this volunteer group has really come together and I think really done something great for the community uh, in Ontario at large they especially in the GTA they've been really helping to kind of direct people to get vaccination and I'm sure they've had a very very big effect so I agree on one hand it shows that look there's still something that could be improved significantly with the the system for registration vaccination especially in the gta but at least this is something that's helping and it can you know work together and just really what i care about getting vaccines into arms exactly and that is that's that's the key um and i'm just conscious of the fact that as we talk about you know the fact that I'm celebrating getting a vaccine yesterday, and what can I do in two weeks? That there are people out there right now who are scouring Twitter and they're trying to find a vaccine and they're trying to get there. So, just want to be aware of that. I want to I want to play this for you. Uh, I'm speaking with Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, who's an infectious disease specialist. Uh, as you may know, a pilot project at City Council to allow people to have drinks in public parks has been defeated. It is not going forward. Uh, Josh Matlow is the city councilor who put that forward. Here is Josh Matlow. There's a consensus by Canadian uh, epidemiologists and uh, infectious disease experts that my motion uh, would be helpful to encourage uh, people to be outdoors where there is far less of a risk of COVID-19 transmission than congregating indoors. That is Josh Motlow, the city councillor on the line. Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, do you agree? Uh, is the councillor correct? Uh, uh, yes, I absolutely agree. And uh, in that motion, actually, two of my colleagues, Dr. Zain Chagra, obviously you know very well, and Dr. Elan Schwartz, were quoted, and I agree with that. I think that what we talk about with the outdoors is we want to look at an overall uh, strategy of risk mitigation. 
Nobody's saying that there's no risk of having uh, COVID transmission outdoors. But the thing is, whatever we can do to reduce that risk, especially substantially when you compare to having indoor gatherings, is going to help. So, yeah, I know that there's some things that we have to be concerned about if you have people drinking outside. But that's the visibility bias. If you have those same people drinking indoors, the risk is always going to be higher. I was disappointed that this was uh, defeated. And I don't know if anything else can be done about it, but I think that uh, uh, this would have been a good thing for risk mitigation. Visibility bias. I hadn't I hadn't heard that term before. I like that. I like that. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing, a uh, bit of a reality check. You may have heard, I'm sure you have, the Ontario government uh, going to authorize uh, the ability to move patients from hospitals to long-term care without their consent. This sounds really, really scary, but I mean, is it? Can you fact check that? Like, Give me a reality check on this. Yeah, this is something, I, it obviously sounds um, uh, unpleasant, but I think the big thing that is that right now, obviously, we know that the hospitals are under strain, and they've been dealing with this, and a lot of hospitals around Ontario have really stepped up to help, especially the GTA. All this is talking about is that, uh, you know, with people waiting for long-term care, oftentimes there's many different choices that go into um, getting into which home you want, location, et cetera, et cetera. These things are not going to be thrown to the wind. You know, they're still going to make all these uh, efforts, every effort to get person into the place that they want. But right now, it's just more about getting people into a safe place outside of the hospital so we can make room for uh, patients that may be coming in. Uh, as it, it, that's of utmost importance. So I, I know it sounds on the surface that, oh, what is this? This sounds kind of heartless. But in practice, it, it isn't. And I can assure you the people that are involved in this process are always considering facts on the ground, personal situations, all that. Uh, and yeah, I think overall it's not that scary. It's something we need to do. Dr. Shakarbadi, always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time again today. You got it. Great to be here. Take care. That is Suma Chakrabarty, infectious disease specialist, an all-around great guy, makes time for us, explains things in a plain way, not super scary. You know, there's some of the doctors in the Greek chorus, which I describe as the, you know, the, the, the number of doctors who are not on the actual official boards advising the government because those doctors often don't talk. I'm talking about the other doctors who often, you know, comment, the Bogoshes, the Warners, so on and so forth. And you know, sometimes it can get a little, it can get a little heavy. I love, love getting uh, Dr. Chakrabarty's take on things like that. It's not all so bad. It's not all so bad. What does our happiness officer tell us? You know what? I'm not going to do it for Des Ford, but I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to feel better for me. That's what I'm going to do. Sure, there's all kinds of reasons to be upset. But people are getting vaccinated. We're going to get through this. Things are going to get better, folks. We just got to stick to it a little while longer. Do the right thing. You know what you need to do.